This is Anacostia Unmapped. I'm Katie Davis. Imagine a young woman, Carolyn from Richmond, stepping off a bus at 17th and L Streets. It's 1968, and she's just graduated high school and has a job in Washington, D.C. The women's residence where she thinks she has a room does not have a reservation. After a night at the YWCA, she meets a woman who invites her to share a two-bedroom apartment in Anacostia. Anacostia Unmapped contributor John Johnson sat down with Carolyn G. Pleasant to talk about how she came to the city. I came from Richmond to here. Okay. I had a job already lined up at the at the State Department. Okay. And what was and, your job? What was the job? Actual um, job? I was a clerk's stenographer at the uh, State Department General Counsel's Office. So I worked for attorneys. Okay. And so I met this girl. And we became friends. And she said, "Well, I'm getting ready. You know, I'm getting ready to move into this apartment." And she said, "You can come move move with me." And people were telling me, "Oh no, don't! <clears throat> you don't want to move to Anacostia." What, what were they saying about? They Anacostia? were saying that you know it was you know the ghetto and you know just not good things about it. You know, like I might get robbed or you know just not good things. I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't from here. So I went on and and moved with my girlfriend anyway. And we had a little apartment on Stanton Road. Okay. And um, I guess I can't remember exactly when we moved there, but I know when I turned 19, I was living there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was living there. Our rent was like $155 a month. So... I didn't have any trouble in so, Anacostia. So what was the what was the environment like? So people had these. We had these... an apartment. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, from where I come from in Richmond, in the house we were living in, mm-hmm. that that was a come up for me, and I didn't have any trouble. I caught the bus in front of Chair Curtis Brothers. Okay. To you know to go to work every day and. Um, so Curtis Brothers was actually up and it, running. It, Curtis Brothers was the furniture store, okay. and they had that big chair mm-hmm. sitting out there, and that's the way I would catch. The, that was on the bus line. We used to get our subs from um, from Eddie Leonard's. <laughs> it okay. was a it was a sub place, and they okay. had they had the best subs, you know. By that time, you know, I met my husband there. He was a blind date. <laughs> he was a blind date on my nineteenth birthday. How did a blind date come? The blind date came about because Sonia was, you know, she was seeing this dude and he said, um, you know, I got, I got somebody, you know, you might want to meet your girlfriend, <laughs> might want to meet your roommate. So we set that up and I, it was my actual birthday. I was actually 19 the day I met him. And we went out, we went down to the rocket room down on 13th and 13th and something. I can't remember. Did you like your your husband at the time? Were you were you a little like apprehensive? Were you like, oh, this is what, what was your first um... Oh, when I when um he was just the kind of guy that okay. I like. I mean, you know, <laughs> when he looked like he was what, tall, is... he was tall, he's dark skin, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of built up. You know, he was 20. He's 5 years old. Something. He was 24. Oh, oh. And, you know, and, he was 19. And, I, and I was 19. So, you know, he was like a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> and, what did he um, do? What did he do? He at, at that time, I think he was um I think at that time he was a security guard. Okay. Yeah. And um then by the time, you know, we moved together, 
and everything. We have two children. We're still together. Mm-hmm. We're still together after all these years. So what was the environment like for uh, someone from Virginia? Like, what was D.C. like? If you would describe D.C. and, and, and living in Anacostia. You know, I, I was in awe. First of all, you know, 14th Street was still, I think that place was still smoking from the riots wow, and stuff like that after Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. So that, that was still going on. Everything was, you know, it was burnt and they were trying to, you know, rebuild and it, you know, that was all a mess. And, um, and in Anacostia, it was just, it, everything was a step up Okay, to me. So it's a big city. To, it, yeah, it was a big, it was a big okay, city, right. especially when I got dropped off downtown, you know, 17th and L Street downtown, I was looking all around, you know, everything was just big and bright and it was very, it was overwhelming, okay. really, kind of, because I felt lost. I didn't know nobody. I came up here on my own with no, I knew no one. But it was a job that brought you It was a job that brought me up here. opportunity that brought you here. Yeah, it was a job that brought me here. And um, I felt it was like, kind of almost like a dream because, you know, growing up watching TV and seeing women be secretaries and stuff like that, I said, Ooh, I, I, I would like to do that. So when I came here, that was like a dream. You know, I had, I had a job. I was working for attorneys. I would sit down and take, you know, dictation and then type it up and all that kind of stuff. And I had to take my ribbon off my typewriter and burn it every night. You know, I was, so when I went home, and talked about this, um, you know, with friends and stuff like that. I was a star. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's Carolyn G. Pleasant with contributor John Johnson. Anacostia Unmapped is a project of Localore, Finding America, a national production from AIR, the Association of Independence in Radio. And we have funding from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Katie Davis.